Trace McSorley? Trace McSorley. Trace McSorley. Not very accurate. <laughs> Not a very accurate quarterback, but a very... But he crushes it. Because his name is Trace, Trace McSorley. McSorley. Yeah. That's a real name. That's a real name, guy. <laughs> my quarterback. It's my quarterback. Uh, it's my quarterback. Trace. Trace. When I pretend... You're listening to the Double A Balls Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Romanella. Ain't no loyalty in this game. If the cup was to be in a strip club, I feel like the cup would be getting dollar bills thrown at it. And Anthony Rinaldi. Get some beer. Get some whatever. Start celebrating. We're throwing single dollar bills at the ladies out there. He is still doing a keg stand from game five. The show starts now. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. This is the Dab Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Romanella, and alongside me, as always, my partner, Anthony Rinaldi. Andrew, how are you? I am great because we're making this a regular habit to be sitting next to each other in our beautiful Dig Me Dab studios, and I'm pretty fired up about that. Why are you fired up? What because happened? it's beautiful in here because it's terrible outside. Gross. We got playoff baseball on the docket. We got football. We got Tiger Tiger Woods. Make Sundays great again, and Andrew. He's, he's made them great again. Did you see that yet? Come on. Tell I me saw you saw it. that overhead shot of the crowd on 18 when he was walking. Over. Oh, my. And it's normal, man. Maybe a little tear came down. Yeah. I'm thinking about it. I mean, listen, that was... A lot of people Long were, time coming. A lot of people were excited again. But before we dive into all of it, we remind you, Twitter and Instagram. Social media, but Dab podcast on both, DAABpodcast.com. Head over to SquadLocker, PowerOnPerformance.com. Wherever you want to buy your Dab podcast apparel, buy it there, by all means. Support them both. And of course, remember, the Dab podcast is presented to you by Digby. Nation. Head to digmenation.com, use the promo code DIGTHEDAB18 and receive 30% off every single one of your purchases. Remember, Digme Nation and the guy in the tie are the official sponsor of the DAB podcast. And of course, our guy at vm-sports.com. VM having a great event for World Series champion New York Yankees talking with your guys in the DAB podcast, December 2nd, head to vm-sports.com. Use the promo code DAB, D-A-A-B, when you buy those tickets and get 25% off? 25% off your 25% ticket price. 25% off your ticket price. Dinner, drinks, that handsome face. There'll be a nice red carpet. Charlie Hayes, Shane Spencer, Tanyan Sturts, Jeff Nelson, four great New York Yankee ballplayers. Great gift to give to a loved one. Your closest Yankee fan at heart. Come out. It's going to be a great event. You know, guy in the tie is going to be there. He's going to be out there flaunting the stuff, flaunting the gear, and we're going to have a great time. You can get yourself some guy in the tie gear there as well. So it's either dig me on Instagram, VM Sports on Instagram, visit them as well. Links are in their bio. And of course, use the promo codes. Let's get into the nitty gritty of a fantastic sports weekend. And it really it got kicked off with the Cleveland Browns beating the New York Jets, which we talked about on Friday, Dab 22. And you texted me on Sunday and essentially said, yeah, I guess we got to talk about Tiger. And you're 100% right because the ratings prove it. 
The crowd that you just spoke about before proves it. And obviously the fact that arguably the greatest golfer of all time finally found his way back on top. Biggest cliche in sports, but everybody loves a comeback. Love I it. mean, this guy, obviously we don't condone what he did in his personal life many, many years ago. What happened what ha- is, is the past and what happened. Five years and four back surgeries later, Andrew, 1,876 1, days, Tiger Woods gets victory number 80, Andrew. Second all-time. I mean, really, he passed Snead a while ago, if you count all the not nonsense. But listen, it's the majors that everybody wants. So can you really say Tiger's back? I mean, listen, he had some... He had a great. He had seven top ten finishes and eighteen starts this year. That's a pretty good record, Andrew. And he climbed the charts all the way from like eleven hundred in the player rankings, almost like two thousand, I think. I think he's like number thirteen now. Well, here's my problem. What's right? the problem? Here's my problem. As I try and put our Instagram live back on the setup because we want to let the people know that we appreciate them getting us on Instagram live. And you know what? We're gonna let the podcast community know. If you want to watch us record these podcasts on Tuesday night nine p.m., tune on in. What I want to know is if can Tiger Woods do this on the Ryder Cup stage? Because I've noticed that as the singular golfer, Tiger Woods is the greatest golfer we've ever seen. He spins the needle at, at the nth degree, and the ratings prove it. But can he do it on the Ryder Cup stage? And I wonder that because his record's 1-6 in six all time when he's on a Ryder Cup team. Listen, I, I, think, I think that was a different Tiger. I think you're kind of seeing a transformation from the his mentality of being that kind of number one golfer in the world, kind of having that, not that pressure, but kind of just having that lure. And you see now he's more humbled by his game. I mean, he's 42-year-old. He's got a, a fused spine. And he completely changed his game, changed his clubs, had to change his swing, uh, had to change a lifestyle. You know, he, he, he even said it. Couldn't walk, couldn't get up, couldn't sit, couldn't lay down. Who, who thought I'd be winning tournaments, major tournaments again? And here we are. You know, five years later, and back in 2013, Andrew was the last time he he hoisted a trophy, and you saw it. He was holding back emotions, tears, on the 18th green when he knew, thought he was gonna make that birdie putt. That crowd, you know, you would have saw definitely a tiger fist pump if that birdie would have fell in. But think about know, that tapping par is not bad. That crowd was loud, and the crazy part about it is, he's pro- he's so used to the crowd bringing that much noise in his rounds. Now, other golfers made mention to it, and I know I've heard a lot of people say to other other golfers, you know, you can't use that as an excuse, but I agree. When you get to a, a, a tee box and the crowd is significantly louder than it usually is and there's not one person on your side, that's a tough that's a tough place to, to try and hit a golf ball straight. Now, I'll, I'll probably come in the right field out of this one, but because we've seen Rory McIlroy have bad rounds before and kind True. of go off the hinges. But do you think that Sunday round? I mean, like when you, when you're in a group of Tiger, there's not seven or eight people deep in a, in a line. There's fifteen to twenty people deep looking at Tiger Woods. It's so that crap. So like people breathing heavy. You're hearing that. You know, it may be quiet, but you know, you're hearing the flicks of the camera. You're hearing little things. I mean, and it's funny that you say that because he was asked that by reporters uh, about the crowd and, and how how big it was, and this was his response. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I've been a little bit busy, so I haven't, I haven't looked. Uh, uh, yeah, I, if the ratings are, are 
are, as you said, huge, um, especially against football on Sunday. You know, in the states, that's that's a, a big deal. And for us to build to promote golf like that, um, and for me to experience a scene like it, like we had on 18, the people you know running behind us and uh, getting that excited. You know, the art of, you know, I've described this to you guys before, the art of the golf clap is gone. Uh, people don't clap because how can you clap when you have a cell phone in your hand? Mm. And so people are now screaming and they're pretty loud and especially late in the day when it's hot and they've tipped back a few, uh, it gets even louder. And uh, I think this week will be the same, but even louder. I mean, Andrew, listen, next week, Ryder Cup, they'll be in Europe, so obviously... They'll be yelling in a whole different language. But you'll see the crowds. We, I mean, you heard the chance that you would say last Ryder Cup when they had that great head-to-head matchup when it was, uh, what's his name, uh, was it Palmer? And uh, or, uh, going at it with, with Rory. So you're going to see Tiger Woods. I mean, that that just, that energy. I don't want to say it's back in golf, but, I mean, from the ratings alone, Andrew, and from what we saw on the TV and from everybody still talking about it two days prior or past the event, that, that golf energy is back. I think it's pretty funny that he said that there's no such thing as a golf clap anymore because I think that's true. He's like, you can't golf clap when you have a cell phone in your hand. And I think that about anything anymore. There's no such thing as, I guess, uh, crowd excitement because when you think about people at concerts now, it's like they're not really at, at concerts to enjoy the music. Like if you go through your Snapchat or you go through your Instagram Live or, excuse me, your Instagram stories or whatever it is, all when people are at concerts, all your buddies and your friends are at concerts, they're just filming it. Are, are you enjoying that concert or are you just trying to get it filmed on the social media? And I feel that way. And I think that's what Tiger Woods is saying. They're all trying to capture his moments, those moments, so much that it's actually physically affecting the way a crowd in golf responds. Because there were no cell phones on golf courses 25 years ago, 30 years ago. So when a... Uh, uh, it was actually silent, which it does is still now, and then the golf ball was hit and hit very well. It was a, you know, something like that. Andrew, times are changing, it's brother. It's changed. And, and it's, all and, sports, all sports. And to him, it's normal, but to other guys on the tour, it's completely different. It's completely, it's hard to play under those conditions, and I think that that's, that's crazy to think that a guy can think that that's normal to him, and he can feel comfortable in that situation. Listen, he brought back the Sunday Tiger. I mean, he always Ti- Tiger in the red. Tiger in the red. Listen to this. Listen to this. Let me just let me just throw these at you just for S's and G's, Andrew. These little nuggets. He is now twenty four zero when leading by three or more shots after fifty four holes. Forty three of forty five when holding the outright lead, and fifty four of fifty eight. When owning at least a share of the top spot. So essentially, he's like 90% plus on everything he ever he's does. He's the closer, Andrew. Yeah, he's, he's the go. He's Mariano Rivera's He's, he's the Mariano Rivera of golf. Right? When he's in, on Sunday. When he's on Sunday, enter Sandman in the brain. Is that why the golf community and golf in general felt so down for a good like five-year stretch? I mean, seriously, it's it really is until this year. I'm not saying this tournament win, the Tour Championship on on Sunday. I'm saying this year of golf, Tiger has brought golf back, it feels like, from when I guess the last time he was relevant, which you said is 2012, 2013. That, that's pretty much it. open on a broken leg. But you wonder what happens, and I always think about this, what happens when Tiger Woods is gone? 
because one day, and it's not maybe his body stays this way the rest of his career, and he finds a way to break the record, and he finds a way to be the greatest oh, golfer. Sh- Andrew, we- shut up. He wins a major. This. Uh- the talking heads are going to explode. But but Mother Nature, but Mother Nature, I mean Mother Nature. Jack Nichols being the crosshairs. Father Time. Father Time never loses. Never loses. You, you talked about that. So what happens with golf? Well, Father Time doesn't know Tom Brady's address. He don't He don't know Tiger Woods' address Maybe either. Not. He, he 42. found it. He, well, he found it. He back. I mean, come on. He sent him a Christmas he present. Spies, he sent him dude. a few Christmas cards. My but man's then crushing it. Tiger Woods found a new address. Man, he, he, wins a, he wins a major. He lines up Jack Nichols in a crosshair. 18's in the... In the that's well, close. now, like I said before, I want to see if he can do it in the Ryder Cup. And you know what, Anthony? I'm going to let you know this right now. We got people on the Instagram Live asking us to talk a little bit of football. So I'm football. fired up about the golf, too. The next thing you got to do is watch the Ryder Cup. We'll bring you that. Viva la France. We'll bring you some Ryder Cup updates. The best part of that is it's like you can watch it like 9 a.m. in the morning. You can. And, and, Time and, difference is the fantastic. And then it couples with some college football, That's couples with some NFL football. So... This weekend, I felt like it was wild in the NFL. Just wild. Wild. And you, you probably know the first place I want to go because I hate oh, when boy. officials affect games. I don't care what sport you play. I was going to bring a flag and throw the flag. Yeah, because everything's flagged now. You, every play in the NFL is a 21, flag. 21, Andrew. 21 roughing the passer. Hold on, I have a stupid stat somewhere. A record. NFL record. 21. Roughing the passer penalties through the first three weeks of the season. And 19 of those are on Clay Matthews? Yes. Clay Matthews, a dirty player, Clay Matthews. For just tackling. And do you disagree with him? I mean, because to me, he tried harder on this roughing the passer flag to put his hands up and brace himself from crushing Alex Smith than he probably did the week prior on Kirk Cousins. Clearly, Clay Matthews doesn't watch video of himself tackling. I mean, the first one against the Vikings, I was, I was, that one was to me was uh, mind blowing. How do you call that one? This one, I see by letter of the law why they threw a flag. But watching it in real time, like I watching it in real time, I knew they were gonna flag him just because it looked violent. It, I mean, it was, it was, it was a soft tackle. I mean, he literally bumped chest and just rode him to the ground. But he literally. Landed on him, and you saw him land on him. So I mean, listen to him explain it, but and I kinda, here, it's tough. And here's what Clay Matthews had to say about the hit and the play. Yeah, that's a football play. You know, I even I, went, I even went up to Alex Smith after the game, asked him, you know, what, what do you think? You know, what can I do differently? Because that's a football play. Um, and of course, you know, like I said last week, I felt gonna come back, so I put my you know body on him. You know, but that's a football play. I hit, I hit him from the front, got my head across, wrapped up. I've never heard of anybody tackling somebody without any hands. Um, when he gives himself up, as soon as you hit him, your body weight's going to go on him. But, I, you know, I think we're looking for the hits, you know, that that, uh, you know, that took Aaron out last year. You know, that little extra. If I wanted to hurt him, I could have. I could have put, you know, some extra on him. But, you know, that's football. So, I don't know. You know, I really don't know. I, unfortunately, this league's going in a direction I think a lot of people don't like. Um, you know, I think they're getting soft, and you know the only thing hard about this league are, is the fines that they levy down on guys like me who play the game hard. So I don't know. I, mean, I completely agree. I, I couldn't. I couldn't not agree more. The league is getting soft, and they're ruining the league with these calls. Let me let me break it down for you. I found the rule. I I, I own the NFL rule book clearly as a sports junkie, Andrew. It is rule seven hundred forty three, section nine or. 
Article 7JBK. This is a foul for roughing the passer. The defender lands with all or most of the defender's body weight. You tell me, Andrew, in a split second, when a guy is about to make a tackle, what are they going to do? Just bump chest? Just bump his chest? Hope he falls down? How about your boy in the Dolphins? What happened to him? And that's my problem is because he hurts himself, William Hayes, because he's tackling Derek Carr. He's getting ready to bring him down, and he tries to flip his body. He tries to rotate his body, turn him, and then he tears his ACL. Because he can't land on him. Out for the season. And how? And 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 He's the NFL is completely okay with the the defensive player getting hurt. No one cares. Oh, we're okay with that guy no. because we want points. Right. As long as the quarterbacks are okay. Like the NFL's worst nightmare right now is Aaron Rodgers. All right, well, right, right. Listen, if if the Dolphins lose Avery Avery Williams, whatever his name is, Williams. William Hayes. William Hayes. Sorry, it's, it's Avery important. Williams is on the Jets. Your Hayes guy, he goes down for the year. Nobody really cares besides Dolphin fans. You lose they're Aaron. Three, they're three and zero. Oh. oh, you lose Aaron Rodgers at Green Bay last year. They're in the dumpster. You know, they're a dumpster fire. Nobody wants to see Aaron Rod- Green Bay in a dumpster fire. Miami, you lose a linebacker, it sucks, but you fill the position. Well, you know what? Well, Clay Matthews had a little bit more to say about the referees making this call. Play that man. He's got a hell of a beard. So, we'll see. I mean, you know, something's got to change because, you know, the league's not. And, and these are big plays. You know, like I said last week, these are big plays. So, disappointed. You know, I, 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 you know, I tried to change from last week. And uh, still get the flag, so, um, you know, it, it's unfortunate. And in the last clip, you heard Clay Matthews say that he talked to Alex Smith after the game and tried to ask Alex Smith, like, what else can I do to, to, not, to not allow this to be a flag? And, and I think Alex Smith essentially pretty much said, like, I, nothing. I don't, I don't think you can really do anything. And I think from a spectator and then from me watching the Dolphins game and seeing Hayes rotate himself off a of Derek Carr, tear his ACL, and, and the real the fact of the matter is, in the NFL, you need depth. And when depth starts getting hurt, it's a problem. And when you're a team like the Miami Dolphins who can't really afford mistakes, A, because they're a good team, but their depth isn't ridiculous. Where they had depth is the defensive line. Well, now that depth is hurt. And what frustrates you is you have a quarterback that had a torn ACL, that was out for a year and a half. He's come back. Your team has responded very well. Your defense is a big part of that. And now because we're trying to protect the quarterback in any way we can and a defensive player can't play natural because Clay Matthews is right. If I hit a guy straight on, I'm going to fall on him. You really want me to, at full speed, drive a guy and then rotate him onto myself? I want to put myself in, in jeopardy when I'm just trying to make a play. And so you're, you're just taking the instincts out of the game. You're taking the fun out of the game. And what you're doing really is you're putting more players in jeopardy. We're trying to save injury. Okay, so we can protect 32 players, but we'll hurt 64, 65, 70 defensive players. We don't care. We'll hurt all those guys. But as long as, the, as, long as those 32 quarterbacks... The 32 quarterbacks that make the NFL the best or make every team run appropriately, as long as those guys are okay. And then you have a situation like Jimmy Garoppolo where just run out of bounds, dude. Yeah. Like, that's just completely 100% on you, and I think that's it at the end of the day. You could put any rule you want in. You can do anything you want to do, NFL. Guys are still going to get hurt. It's the nature of the sport. That's why, like Le'Veon Bell holding out, you got to secure the bag. Jimmy G got paid. Now he got hurt. Listen, that, that was kind of a freak accident. I mean, 
he, he pivoted. You know, that's that's the thing. Like, you do, you can't hurt the quarterback. You can't hit him. You can't lay on him. You can't sack him. You can't. Uh, pretty soon they'll be playing with flags in their back pocket. But it's these non-contact injuries that are going to get you. You know, Deshaun Watson, non-contact injury last year, gone for the season. And he looks rough right now. That or that team looks rough right Jimmy now. Jimmy G, gone for the year this year. So I mean, it's just. It's it's the NFL can't get it right. They can't get out of their own way. We we had no idea what a catch was for the longest time. Now we have no idea what a tackle is going to be. Yeah, it's so crazy. They're, they're going to talk about it. They're going to figure it out. Um, notice how they never had. Have they called any of those lowering the helmet yet on the running backs? No. Have you? I think I've seen like sixty of them. Yeah. But have you seen that actually called? No. So I I think it's just they're they're overemphasizing. Like you heard every ref say to every player apparently like behind in between plays that aren't mic'd up. You know we're told to throw the flag. We're told to throw the flag. Because they want to make it that offensive-driven league, you saw literally in the Monday night game, Ryan Fitzpatrick literally took like four roughing the passers yep. in a row to march the team that, that's yep. forty yards on the field. Yeah, you know. Uh, so Ben Roethlisberger said it, Alex Smith said it, A. Rod said it after the game. These aren't roughing the pass. These are these are absurd. Like yes. the NFL's gone way too far. And if the quarterbacks are saying it, right. you have an issue. Like, I understand Clay Matthews saying something. I understand any defensive player something. But when a quarterback comes out and says, hey, these are not roughing the passers, if you're the NFL, you got to look at that. Now, listen, I, I understand that you can't change any rules mid-year. But what you can do is put a memo out to your referees. Yeah, let's launch Hey, it. guys. Let's launch it. Yes. Let's realize. Why don't, what do we do? Why don't we go watch videos as referees? Nobody wants to watch you. We should watch the USA football learn how to tackle demonstration with the shoulder across the body. That's a the penalty, head. yeah. It's a penalty in the NFL. And, and They're teaching should, you wrong. Or we, what we should do is we should allow the NFL players to tackle the referees. So we set the referees up in a quarterback stance, That's and we right. allow them to get hit one time so they see what, I, what It's, it's got to be like battering ramp. You literally just got to run, and you got to th- lower shoulder into them and keep staying on your feet. Like That's Lawrence it. Taylor used to run through people. But did you see... You can't wrap up. You literally just got to... Hopefully they go down to the ground. But who was the defensive lineman? I think it was for the Packers against the Vikings that pulled up on a play with Kirk Cousins. He, like, had him wrapped up for probably about, like, a second and a half. Thought he like, might hear a whistle. Didn't want to bring him down because he didn't want to get a flag. Right. No whistle came because he was trying to protect the quarterback as a defensive player, which is the dumbest thing you could ever do. Right. Kirk Cousins scrambles out. Sir, vintage Eli Manning, right, 2007 right. Super Bowl. Right. Oh, 2007 the Super Bowl. Bubble gum, bubble gum. David Tyree. And com- yeah, makes, it, that guy? makes a completion, I believe, and that's what's happening now. Is right. Now defensive players, like they don't know when to go too far. and. Now, now you're hurting the integrity of the game, and it's not making the game better. Right. It's. I mean, the game. I think. I think we see some pretty interesting football in the first few weeks, and I think you'll see week four get quite interesting when you see how many quarterbacks. Not one rookie quarterbacks, Andrew. Not one. Not two. Not three. Four. Four rookie quarterbacks. All starting. top ten. All we- top ten picks. This is the first time since 2012, I believe it was, that all. Four top ten QB picks are starting in the NFL. Darnold versus the, week. Darnold versus the Jags. Interesting matchup. Right. You know, rookie's been rookie came out on fire game one. Everybody thought he was the next coming to Joe Montana. But I do like the way he's been handling the adversity. I right. do. Listen, three games, eleven days. That's no easy feat for mm-hmm. any quarterback. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the right. league. Jaguars defense. I mean, listen, when you give up nine points, you think you're going to win most games. True. But when you lose nine six, you're <laughs> going to be a little salty. 
So that the could be, NFL is so bad in September. That could be <laughs> so bad. That could be an interesting game. You got Josh Allen versus the Packers, uh, which he played great versus the Vikings. I mean, beat a good Vikings team. When that team. dude hurdled the defender and what? then rolled up on the ball and held it tight, yeah. I was like, my man's the truth right here. Yeah. Huh? Is he the first, savior? But that, for a quick second, I saw the Buffalo Bills franchise going down the drain. Yeah. I mean, every <laughs> the GM was like, uh, I, can't, I can't see Nate Peter. Like, no, 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 don't, 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 okay. uh, I can't see Nate Peter replaying at all. Sports Center top 10. <laughs> yeah. Then we got, we, got, we got Josh Rosen versus Seattle. Obviously, no longer Legion of Boom. Right. But still, okay. pretty, good, pretty good defense. Okay, defense. Not a very good uh, O-line in Arizona, so they're pretty much going to send him to the Wolves. And what was that? They're down 16-14 with, like, three minutes to go. And they put him in the game. But, uh, go, go in as the game against Khalil Mack, brother. Go ahead. Go out and there. Like, w- what is that like for Sam Bradford? Because at that point, you probably know Sam Bradford's not going to start week four. So I want his agent. What's his agent's phone number? Yeah, seriously. The guy made the most amount of money playing the least or worst or most injured amount of football you've ever seen in your entire life. And what I thought was weird was if you know, like you're going into the fourth quarter and you're like, yeah, I'm kind of done with this whole Sam Bradford thing. I kind of want to see the rookie go. Like, it's kind of the same thing, like the Vontae Davis thing we talked about last week. Like, just, just you can't wait 15 minutes. Like, I get it. Like, put Josh Rosen in that point of the game. It's like a good experience. But like at the same time, it's like, that's kind of dumb. Like, just let Sam Bradford finish the game. Let let him let him play it out. It's probably going to be better for your locker room after because when Carson Wentz was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles, Sam Bradford forced his way out of town, so he's probably not a good locker room guy. Probably on his way out now. Right, but I don't know. I'm just saying that's that's just that's just kind of dumb if you ask me. But hey, listen, who am I? Maybe in, maybe in five weeks, five years, five decades, right. we're talking about Josh Rosen as the greatest quarterback of all time, and this is the reason why. A lot of the talking pundits said he Josh Rosen was the most NFL ready, so maybe the coach felt, listen, let's put him in, let's test him early, let's see how he reacts. Unfortunately, you know, he he came out throwing the first few passes looked pretty good, and then he throws the INT across his body, a la Sam Darnold, and you know what? Pick six ends the game. And lastly, the last rookie Baker Mayfield gets a gulp in the black hole of the Oakland Raiders. Which the is Oakland, not that the three and zero Oakland Raiders. Through the first half. Oh, and three Oakland Raiders. Oh, right. That's right. They're 60 Because minutes. the Miami Dolphins. Oh, relax. With your Dolphins. 28 to 20. Soft schedule, bro. Let's you go. You took advantage of a soft schedule. So, admit all right, it. All right. Admit it, Dolphin boy. I got two questions for you. What? Because I told I you last told week. No math. I told you last week I, I wasn't going to believe the Dolphins until December 1st because a team like the, the New England Patriots existed. Mm-hmm. Right now, the New England Patriots are 1 and 2. They lost to a Detroit Lions team that also lost to the mm. New York Jets that mm. has looked really, really, really bad. And then all of a sudden against the Patriots, probably because by, by extrapolation, that makes the Jets better than the Patriots. Right. And for by all Jets fans chance, that You're makes welcome. the Miami Dolphins and New England Patriots this year. Either way, I still won't believe it until December 1st. Better watch out. 72 Dolphins. That's facts. Are the Patriots for real, though? Or are, are we going to finally see this dynasty go downhill? Man, it's tough to bury Belichick and Brady, especially in September. Yeah, listen, they always kind of, they always kind of. It's like they're they one and two last year as well. <laughs> yeah, right? Probably. Or they, I think they were two and two at the quarter. If you point. went to every you know, Super Bowl year they've had, they're probably listen, they've won the AFC East what since two thousand three. I think they won the AFC except East. for one year, two thousand eight. Chad Pennington, Miami Dolphins. Let's go. Oh, stop it! I was but at. Anyway. Can I tell you this real quick before you go? Okay. Keep that Where thought. Where were you? 
We were at MetLife Stadium. Tangent Andrew, where'd you go? Was it MetLife Stadium at the time? Maybe it was Giants Stadium. Always so the Giants Stadium. We were watching Brett Favre as a New York Jet. Brett Favre. The Miami Dolphins. My brother's listening. We we were. Coach. He was there at this game with me. We thought we were watching Brett Favre's last game. <laughs> Not only are the Miami Dolphins about to win the AFC East while I'm sitting here, but we're about to watch Brett Favre's last game. And I'll never forget the Miami Dolphins threw a, uh, a Statue of Liberty play or whatever it is when the quarterback gives it to the running back, gives it back to the quarterback, and then he throws it deep. Except the Ricky flea Williams, flicker. Ri- flea flicker. Mm. Except Ricky Williams dropped it. Yeah, oh, stones. dropped it. <laughs> yeah. Most my likely, my bad. My bad. My bad. Yo, that's my fault. <laughs> and oh yeah, and we thought we saw Brett Favre's last game. What happens? Like, he plays like three more years. Yeah. He had a Hall of Fame career after that. Yeah, he's still slinging around. Like he's he's wearing some he's wearing some jeans right now just to throw him in there. Just come on, coach, put me in. Wearing some Budweiser. Copper fit. That's it. <laughs> copper fit. And he's his like Levi's. the Stone Cold Steve Austin of football. You know, the stuff. He's just rocking some blue jeans right now. Some Levi's, some Coors Light. Just loving life. Questionable outfit choices. Nah, you can't listen. You can't bear the Patriots. And until until the AFC East, listen. And I know you want to do a little. I know this will be a little teaser for you. I know you want the people to watch. That Sunday matchup, that's gonna be good in New England. They're gonna be salty after that loss. You know, Matt Patricia took old coach Billy Belichick to the woodshed. It's true. Kind of game a little, but honestly, who knows? Tom Brady and the offense better than I agree. Than, than uh, Matt Patricia all those times playing you know, in practice. But listen, they got smacked down. They did. You got to be worried. There's no offense. You you double on Gronk, Hogan doesn't scare you. James White out of the backfield is not a bad. Fantasy option it doesn't really correlate to NFL wins. But and the problem with the Dolphins in past years is they haven't been able to cover the tight end coming right. out of the backfield. Next week you get Edelman Excuse back. Me, so this week you get you escape that. So they'll get Edelman back. That's a big one. Amendola has actually helped. Wait, no, no, I thought they get him back after week four. That's what I'm saying. Week next week. So you escape this one. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And I don't might think, be huge in the long run. I don't run. think Josh Gordon's right with his hammy. So I don't think he'll be right till like week eight. Plus or that offense is so complex. There have been a lot of guys that have said that going there, it's not easy to learn that offense right off the bat. I think you just got to run a fly pattern with, with, with Josh run. Gordon. Yeah, just go deep. Tom will hit you. Come on. Well, we'll get more into that in the what do you got. My what second you question got? to you is... The worst game ever. What do you got? Second question to you, of the four rookie quarterbacks, if you're Anthony Rinaldi four months from now, who are you saying had the best regular season out of the four rookie quarterbacks we're going to see starting week four? Simple answer for that, Andrew. Overall, number one pick. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> this kid, I listen, all the way from his half-naked Tiger car commercials to what he showed me in the first, second half of that game, the poise, everything that a, a, a small six-foot-nothing quarterback needs, the arm strength, the ability to move in the pocket, spread the, spread the field out, use the tight end in the middle of the field in a pro-style offense. I like the weapons he has in Cleveland. I think they have a little uh, uh, kind of under the radar defense. I think they're a little bit of a sleeper team, Cleveland. Not, you know, they're not going to go to you know nine and seven, ten and six season. But I like Baker Mayfield. I think he's going to have the best overall. See, I don't think the Bills are going to hold up. I think that was more flash in the pan against Minnesota, and uh, Josh uh, Rosen and uh, Cardinals. Now they're, they're kind of a bad team. They may be one and fifteen, or maybe zero and sixteen. They could be joining the Lions. And, uh, yeah, I'm going Baker Mayfield, number one. I'm so you got a look on your face. Because I was going to choose Baker Mayfield, and I was just so ready to disagree with you. Oh, but you I can't, agree though. Because 
of the team around him. Right. And I think that's what matters the most. You can't put a rookie in a bad situation behind a bad offensive line expect him to be a good quarterback. Question, Coach. Not that you do this if you're Pittsburgh, but what if Cleveland offered you something pretty tasty for Le'Veon Bell? I, I would think about it. Who, Trading him in division? I don't think Cleveland's going to do that. No, listen, I like Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson. That's not a bad one, and too. Nor do I think Pittsburgh would want to trade in division because Le'Veon Bell is the type of back that could actually is angry at the Pittsburgh Steelers and then plays them and actually is able to score like four TDs in a game because he's actually mad at them. Like, he has that type of athletic ability. It's like, you know what? I don't like this team. Just give me the ball about five yards away from where the quarterback stands. And I'm just going to go put it 70 yards that way. Man, we should we can have a whole dab on where Le'Veon Bell should play. I mean, Green Bay, the Jets dude, are imagine, making a big push. for the Jets. Imagine if Aaron Rodgers handed him the ball off. Yeah, I that mean, would, that would make a lot of sense. But Green Bay is very conservative in terms of when they sign free agents. I hear you. When, is, when is Green Bay really Never. signed? Never. In-house. All in-house. Always. Always. Always in-house. And that's fine, but then why do you get rid of a guy like Jordy Nelson, who's not going to even command that much money anyways? Play Jordan fantasy. And then week. send him to God, Oakland. He had I, a good fantasy week. I played him in fantasy. He had a great fantasy. Are you kidding me? He had like a buck seventy and a touchdown. <laughs> Old man Jordy. Get out of here. Bum. And win the football game. Get out of here, you bum. Because Cover the, somebody, Andrew. Because the Cover Miami, him. God. Because the Miami Dolphins. Well, you know, if you have a hole or a screen in a screen or, or anything in your house because it's getting to be winter, you know who you need to call, Anthony? Oh, it's simple. You call Hawthorne Glass. That's right. Hawthorne Glass. Listen. It's getting cold outside. It was like 60-something degrees the other day. You do not want that screen door being open. You want to change that screen door back to your plexiglass or your regular uh, window door. And Andrew, keep going with Hawthorne Glass. I just want to interrupt you because I know in the business, I've seen my father do it for the last 35 years. And his father's Angelo at Hawthorne Glass. And that's 973-427-4344. If you want to get that fixed before you hit the den of winter and you don't want... That, ladies and gentlemen, when you do call Angelo at Hawthorne Glass, use the promo code DAP Podcast and you will receive 15% off your first purchase. And while he's in there, if you need a shower door done, you need a window, table, anything looking dull, get that thing buffed up, whatever it is, Angelo is your man, Hawthorne Glass. Promo code DAP Podcast 973-427-4344. You know what it means. It's our favorite segment. It's probably not Anthony's favorite uh, segment. It's What Do You Got? I hate this game. This is the worst game you ever created, Andrew. It's probably because and Anthony, cheap. who had a, a lead for a few months. Thanks very much, Tanner Farmer, you both. And Nebraska and Michigan just absolutely just killed you. Oh, my goodness. Who it went thought? the opposite way. Whoa. I think it was 112 to like 6. Give me plus 18, Andrew. Came up 52 points short. Anthony falls to 25 and 28. And Andrew, I don't know how I got this right, mm. chooses the Giants versus the Texans. G-man. And his player performer pick was the Giants offensive line. Hey, now. And they made a change. They put Wheeler at right guard. Thank and, the good Lord, Andrew. Finally. Holy crap. Boom. They still gave up four sacks, I believe. But Oops. still, Eli Manning had his second higher pass, highest passer rating of his career. And the Giants won their first football game of the year. And I'm pretty pa- fired up because I take two points of what do you got, and now I'm 27 and 26. It's amazing what an offense can look like when you get a little bit of, a, a little bit of rhythm and your quarterback's not laying on his ass. So kudos to you, Andrew, picking my offensive line. God bless you. And with that knowledge and your 
uncanny ability to pick winners, Andrew, I will give you the stage. And what do you got? I generally don't go with the team that I love as picks. Like, I try and avoid those guys in fantasy. I try and avoid picking my favorite team. But, Anthony, I'm so fired up that the Miami Dolphins have started 3-0. And I'm so fired up for this football game on Sunday. 1 p.m., the Dolphins take on the Patriots. I'm jacked up, and I'm taking my boy Ryan Tannehill. Because at the end of the day, we all know it. If you want to beat Tom Brady, and you want to make sure Tom Brady doesn't have an opportunity to beat you, you need to keep the football away from him. That means two things. Ryan Tannehill cannot turn the football over, and the Dolphins need to control the clock. And that, to me, all runs through Adam Gase and Ryan Tannehill and that offensive game plan. So you go check out the Dolphins playing the Patriots, and let's go see if my Miami Dolphins are for real deal, Anthony. Because if they can beat the Patriots in New England and go to 4-0 and and send the Patriots to 1-3, and you might actually start believing that this Miami Dolphins team is legit because that means the next time these two play, it's in Miami. They've played very well against the Patriots at home. There, there's a chance that if they win this football game, they are a, a for real playoff contender. Miami's got, th- you know, like I told you before, Miami's became 3-0 on a very soft schedule. So I, I can't say they're for real yet. I'm not buying the hype train. I know you are. I'm not see. buying the hype train. That's your squad. You shut I'm up. Just you're buying them for what it. You're you wearing got? dolphin green right now in the studio. Shut up. You're, di- you're digging it. You're buying it. You're all in. But yeah, the Patriots. You have, I believe, Cincinnati and the Bears. Some pretty good teams coming up. And if, if you could, if if you could come out of that two and one, yep. two, you wanted, you know, one and two still because you're what? I mean, being four and two. That's pretty good after six games, Andrew. Yeah, I'm okay with that. And you'd probably need... be in first place still because that's listen. You are the talk of the AFC. It's it's the it's Patriots till somebody knocks them off, but it's Dolphins, Jets and Bills. No, thank you. I like your Dolphins, Andrew. I, I wanted to go that pick. I wanted to go that pick, but I knew you went that pick. I knew you were going that pick. And I had to go that pick. So Ryan Tannehill, Miami Dolphins, lock it in. Because no matter what, I think it's going to be a really fo- really good football game. So you just said you wanted to go there, so. That means you went somewhere else. So, Anthony Rinaldi, what do you got? What do you got? Since I'm so good at college football, Andrew, <laughs> let's stick to the Saturday program. Night game, under the lights, Beaver Stadium, my alma mater. Uh-oh. We are Penn State versus Ohio State, wow. Andrew. Game day will be there. Let's see if I get the dad podcast on college game day. I, I, heard, a, I heard a vicious rumor that Anthony Rinaldi would be uh, on assignment at I, Beaver Stadium I, for the game. I perhaps will make that venture uh-huh. all the way west to Happy Valley, and I will watch my boys, the Nittany Lions, with 109,000 strong, rooting our boys on in a complete whiteout. It's going to be ridiculous, Andrew. Maybe you can live tweet for the people from the stands. Get I, some video going. I will live, Show us what it's I like. I have some video that you throw on a dot podcast. And we'll we'll get it up there for the people. Maybe I'll I gotta get a, I gotta get a huge dab effing poster and go to game day. And you and you gotta that's bring gotta it, get yes. that's gotta get in front and center. You know what that, I'm saying? That has that has to happen. And maybe I need to bring the big guy in the tie poster. Guy as well. in the tie. Yes, give me this on we, a give me this on a stick. And we'll, and we'll get a few different things. We can get them going on game day. All right, oh. you're up there, Penn State. You got your what do you got pick? You're watching it live. What performer are you going with, sir? It's simple. Ohio State is pretty good on offense, Andrew. I don't know if you've seen. They've put up like average of 50-plus points a game. 
Their boy Dwayne Haskins, Haskins, the quarterback's a stud. He's got 1,200 yards, 16 touchdowns, one interception. Shut up. But how do you keep a high-powered offense off the field, Andrew? And that's by running the ball. My boy Miles Sanders. Saquon Barkley? Saquon Barkley. Saquon. He's in the NFL. Watch him on Sundays. Miles let's Sanders. take Miles Sanders out of Penn State. He's got close to 500 yards, five TDs, number six rusher in college football right now, Andrew. I want to see him go up against Ohio State's big boys. That's a big front seven. They get after the quarterback. My boy Trace McSorley, your boy. Trace. That's my quarterback. Two, a, nine, a ninth seed and a four seed going at it. Two 4-0 ball clubs. And you know just as well as I do for the college football playoff, mm. one loss. One loss, unless, you're out. Unless you're Ohio State. Unless you're one loss Ohio State. So Somehow, really, all the chips fall in your direction. If, you, if you're Ohio State, you can afford to lose this game. If you're Penn State... You're cooked if you yeah. lose this football game. Listen, I, even if I, sadly, unless we do some crazy things around the table, I would still think if somehow an undefeated, else were undefeated, then yes. But somehow they'd leave the they'd leave Penn State out of it. We we get screwed somehow. But that's neither here nor there. Let's get past this game first. I'm amped up, Andrew. It's it's, it's gonna be under the lights. It's gonna be a lot of a lot of beverages flowing. It's it's gonna be high flying. It's gonna be, oh boy. So listen, we just gave you two games to watch on a Saturday and a Sunday. So tune in 7.30 on Saturday for Penn State versus Ohio State. And tune in on 1 p.m. on Sunday for Dolphins versus Pats. Check out your Ryan Tannehill versus the running back for the... Oh, Miles Sanders. Miles. My fault. Booby Miles. And check out (laughs) Penn State and Booby Miles. This next segment, hockey and basketball have gotten started. And we are here to remind you that they have gotten started Anthony, the power rankings came out. We're not getting into this because we got a lot of time to get into basketball. It'll be at the forefront when it's at the forefront, and it'll feel like the worst time ever. So we're not getting into it now. Number one, my Knicks. Oh. But we know Golden State. Mm. We know Boston. Mm. We know Houston are going to be in the top three. Mm. Mm. ESPN put Toronto number four. Why? Because Kawhi Leonard left. Did you hear that? Yeah. The guy finally comes out in his awkward. Toronto uniform. Oh, so awkward. Most awkward laugh. They put him number four, really? Then OKC, and then Utah. F- OKC's a five? Yeah. Shut up. Utah's a six. Russell Westbrook and playoff P? Yeah. Number five? Yeah. Where's LA? Where's LeBron Braun? Braun Braun is rolling down there in the ninth spot. Wow. Like yeah. my Penn State squad. Yeah, like your Penn wow, State that squad. That just put a chip on LeBron's shoulder. Wow. Yeah. Mm, well. Number nine, LA. We'll see. Plenty of time to debate that. Your wow. boy Kristaps came out. I and don't said, agree with OKC. Do you agree with OKC? I, I don't agree with OKC at six either. Five, excuse me. Five. I don't agree with them at five. No. You know, I think there's a lot to prove there. You know, you can't be a first round lose team. Listen, it's the exact same team mm-hmm. returning. Yeah. You can't be a team to lose in the first round, come back and be the 50, 15 overall. I would understand more if you put the Lakers there merely because LeBron over LeBron, o- OKC. LeBron in the five has got spot. a. Hoot of a cast. We thought he had a junkyard to pick pick him in in Cleveland. Man, this roster. I, I do not. Besides Kuzma, I don't, there's not much to like about the LA squad. Yeah. Well, we'll see if they gel. On that squad, man. It's a, it's a little interesting. And then your boy Kristaps says no timetable for his return. Listen, I mean they're they're talking December, maybe January. Kristaps, I'll be happy when I see it October 2019, the start of the 2019 season. You don't have to come back at all this year. Sit on the bench. Rest up. Go to your Latvian spas. I think you're there like six, seven hours. He explained on the radio what goes on there. I can't wait to go over to Latvia, that's for sure. But uh, listen, I want a high draft pick. 
Let's mold Knox. But the Knicks are going to be terrible, so I don't expect more than 20 wins. And frankly, I don't want that. I want to get a high draft pick, get somebody good, pick up Kyrie in the offseason, and then let's rock and roll. 2019, Andrew. Come find me. Yeah, and oh, by the way, hockey started, in. Oh, Ovechkin's done celebrating. Is he? I hope not. Someone, I can't wait to see that encore. What is he going to do? probably check. Well, San Jose, Nashville. How many times did he teabag that? Winnipeg, Los Angeles, and Minnesota round out the top five for I the NHL. I have no idea what you just said. We're going to have NHL correspondent for the DAP podcast. Official. Rocky Romanella, oh, come on. Get him on the payroll. Next week. Let's go, coach. And he's going to give you a rundown on the start of the NH- NHL season. And this baseball segment for the playoffs, of course, again, is brought to you by basketball and hockey season. Because the DAB podcast is here to remind you that through football, through NCAA football, through NFL football, through baseball postseason, through Tiger Woods winning tournaments, basketball and hockey season are starting. Wow, Andrew. I mean, when you go from the very beginnings to the heat of it, playoff push, five games or so, six games, some games, some teams in the MLB season, the American League's pretty much locked up. Uh, the wild card situation is pretty much locked up. It's just a matter of whether you're playing in New York or you're playing in Oakland. I'm intrigued, though. The NL West is going to come down. There's 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 a race in the NL West, and there's also a race with the with the wild card. So, are the are the Brewers and the Cardinals legit, or is this just a late season push that's just going to flame out at the beginning of the playoffs? I, don't, I think you called it in like. Episode 15 or 16 of the, the Brewers, day. man. You called the Brew Crew. The I, Brewers. Didn't, I didn't believe you because I thought their pitching was suspect. When but. they traded for Christian Yelich and they signed Lorenzo Kane, I think you just did another. I love those another, moves. I think you did another, uh, another uh, cycle. Christian Yelich, that crazy. I, I just love those moves and I, and I think, you know, the sometimes because we don't know pitchers on a staff, we yeah. automatically assume a yeah. pitching staff yeah. is going to be terrible. Yeah. And uh, I just think uh, I'm I'm happy about the Brewers. The Cardinals make a manager change halfway through the year, and now they're in the playoffs. Flip the switch. I mean, is that is it that simple? I mean, St. Louis is always a like you always felt like St. Louis is always a, a a namesake, you know, a power in the in the playoff picture. You always figured they were they're, they're always a good have a great fan base, have a great love for their sport teams. But I I don't think it. I think you're looking at Dodgers Cubs again in the NL. And Only two teams. Yeah. You don't think anybody else is a contender against those Dodgers, two? Dodgers eight and two. Their last ten. They're playing well. That offense finally is powerful. Home run hitters everywhere. When it's going, lineup. that's oh. a great offense. Could be the best. Kershaw offense. go. I mean, do you trust that pitching staff though? You got to see it in the playoffs because that's kind of been their bugaboo. But uh, you saw, you know, they kind of turned it around last year, uh, going into it when they were uh, facing off. Against the Cubs, but I, I just I just see it again. You know, Joe Madden has the Cubs. Cubs fought through all those injuries. They have that kind of knucklehead Addison Russell news right now, and a little locker room drama. Stupid. What, what's that going to do to the squad? They they kind of played through some injuries. You know, can Joe know, Madden I, hold together? I know Rizzo went down for a long time, and uh, their young third baseman was out for a minute. Which is, I'm drawing Chris a blank. Bryant. Chris Chris Bryant was out for a little bit. They're kind of coming back in it. Kyle Schwab. He's hitting bombs. I mean, they traded for Daniel Murphy. Your boy. I mean, that dude just hits three fifty. I, I mean, plus. I love I love that trade. All right, so 
Right. That's the talk of the town, Andrew. So pretty Cubs, much, Dodgers. I feel Chalk it up. But I do think that if there is a team to sneak, it's going to be the Brewers. They're, they're, I just think that they're one of those teams, like the Royals we saw for two straight years. No Brewers. Get out of here. All right, we'll see. No Brewers. Your Yankees, Severino pitches on Tuesday night. He goes five, gives up four hits, two earned, seven Ks on 97 pitches. You like your boy J.A. Happ. Goes five, he, you said to me? Goes five. You like your boy J.A. Happ. He's been pitching pretty well. Who starts your wild card game next week, no matter where it is? Is it J.A. Happ or is it Luis Severino? The Yankees are going to take a page, and dare I say it, out of the Tampa Bay Rays. And you're going to see... Bullpen day. You're going to see a, You're going to see probably Severino. His last two were pretty solid. Uh, you're going to see him as long as I get you to five. Get me to five. Booty's going to say, just get me to five. Get yep. me five, one or two in runs. We'll turn it over to the bullpen. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm okay with Severino or Hap. I think it's going to be Sevy. I think he deserves it. Again, does he deserve it? Hap's been pitching really well, too, all season. And uh, I I guess you look at also the matchups, since we're such a sabermetric, analytical-type squad now with Booney. Look at the matchups. How does Oakland hit lefties? Uh, if, if not so good, throw in Hap. If, if, if Severino's 98-mile-an-hour cheese is, is enough... Start Severino. All I know is October baseball is here. I believe we play on the 4th, Andrew, right? I think it's a Wednesday, Thursday. October 3rd is the NL wild card, and then Thursday night, Yankee baseball. I should probably be in the building for that one on assignment as well. Is Gary Sanchez catching that game? Sanchino, yeah. Booney already said it, which has been kind of funny. He hit a bomb on Tuesday. It's a lot of people talking about how can you start this guy. He's he's basically a sieve behind the, uh, behind the catching. You know, he doesn't catch the ball for a catcher. Which is kind of ironic. Yeah, one I, job. He, 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 he has that ability to scare. They say pitchers, and like I said, hit the three-run home run. That's exactly what he's in the lineup for. Is he the, the time he could run into one? And is that enough to get you in a one-and-done situation? Is that helpful? What happens in the seventh, eighth inning if it's crunch time and you need a defensive replacement for him because you don't trust him and it's a tie game? You bring in Romine. What happens then, Andrew? Uh, uh, does that he, does that screw with his his mentality? Not starting him in the playoffs does that screw with his mentality? Are we so soft in, as a society that we can't bench a guy because he blows? But they came out and backed him. I know they essentially said that we're gonna keep playing you because we believe this is gonna work out for 2020, 21, 22, hey, 23. I'll trade you Sanchez for Degrom. No. I'm good. I'll throw you Justice Sheffield. No, because you're. What's going to happen is Sanchez is going to be the like better version of Travis Darno. Travis Darno. So it's going to hurt more when he's bad because you're going to get more excited that you got him as a catcher, and he's going to suck just as bad as Travis Darno did, and be exactly the same. Can't catch. Looks terrible. Ends up not being a good hitter, but keeps being told that that's Hold his on. biggest Let's tool. Let's stop right there. We're not talking Mets. It's almost October baseball, and there's no need to talk Mets in October baseball. Well, there you go. Gary Sanchez can't catch the ball. He can't. He's terrible. I Seventeen pass balls. Seventeen. At the end of the day, you want to win, and that sets you up for long-term success as well, too. And what happened to the good old days of if you don't play good enough, you don't get your position? I don't understand that. And do you ever, do you ever, do you ever notice how like even Yankees do it a lot? It bothers me when a guy is like hot, has like two or three home runs. They don't believe in streaks. They sit him down. It's so stupid. They sit him down for a rest day because it's in the schedule that was already in the schedule. 
like three weeks ago, they're like, they penciled in Aaron Judge off day, Monday the 13th. But on Sunday the 12th, he went for four for four, had three bombs, caught two over the wall, brought, you know, and no, we gotta arrest him. Like, hello, the, the sabermetrics people, the book, the binder never takes into an account a player's hot or cold. And when you're Gary Sanchez batting under the Mendoza line, you're not catching the ball, you're really not doing anything good. You're basically the Eric Flowers of the Yankees. I find it very ironic that the Oakland Athletics are the team that the Yankees are going to play. They cannot, they the cannot playoffs, wait to have Gary Sanchez in the lineup. I want everyone they, are, to, they are begging the Yankees to start Gary Sanchez. I want everyone to think about something. Think about it. Write it down. If you've watched the movie Moneyball, and you, you watched that 2001, I believe it was, Oakland Athletic Team, 2002, whatever it was. It was some 15, 16, 17, 18 years ago. Have you ever heard of the Oakland Athletics winning the World Series? Have you ever heard of the Oakland Athletics going far in the playoffs? Why is that? Because... They are the inventors of statistics driving the players being in the lineup and who you're going to put on the field and how you're going to win baseball games. And that is all well and good. And it will win baseball games. And it will win you enough baseball games to compete for the playoffs and possibly get in the playoffs. But at the end of the day, you need to be able to have players playing the game of baseball the right way consistently, to your point, to be a very good team in the playoffs. And I just don't believe in it, the analytics of it. I don't think that if, if your catcher is giving up runs and isn't scoring them either, why are you keeping him in? Because the math says that long-term, that well, that's, that's all well and good. And long-term, you probably will be a competitive team because maybe you're making this move. But will you win a world championship because you're making this move? That's the question, and that's what the Oakland Athletics have been for 15 to 20 years, competitive. They go up for two years, then they go back down. Then they go up for two years, then they go back down. And that's exactly what's happened, and you don't want to see that with the New York Yankees. And that's what scares me is you saw the Oakland Athletics make moves this year and try and go get players that can make them better to make this push for the players. That's something a little bit out of character for them. Now they're going up against the Yankees, who are trying to act like them and saying, hey, you know what, we're probably not going to change anything up. He's hitting 185, but the math says that against this righty in California in 72-degree weather when it's 702 and the sun's shining east to west, you know, 14 degrees southeast, he's the best hitter at that time. And he, they're not going to waver from that, and it's going to cost them an opportunity to win a World Series. I mean, if it, I mean, talk about egg on your face if you're Brian Cashman, Aaron Boone, if this costs you the game, you know, pass ball on the 7th or 8th, Moves the slides runner over, in wins. someone slides in, he strikes out, and a big moment pops out, what have you. Not that Austin Romine is... World's better than yeah, Gary Sanchez. He's got Buster Posey back there. But, I mean... Statistically, if, it says he's a little bit better. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at the numbers at, at, at bats, Gary Sanchez has 300 at bats, he's got 16 homers. But it's not even about offense right now. It's hundred percent. I got you. It's got to be defense. That lineup is so potent. You can, I, I'm I'm okay with putting that Yankee lineup against anybody, and being okay with it. It's just like it's the defense side of the ball. Torres, young cat, makes a lot of errors. Andujar, third base, is a liability. Stanton, if he's not DHing, he's he's not he's not your most best. Your most he's I mean he's athletic. He's a strong big guy, but he's kind of a bulky right fielder. Hicks is hurt. DB's Hicks is hurt. hurt. I mean. You saw though Brett Gardy. I mean, that's a constant pro. See, I mean, that's that why you need just, a guy like that on a championship team. Hundred percent. He is those. He's just one of those character guys. He's been putting it in for the last what I think 11, 12 years in the Yankee yeah. lineup. Just 
you know what? Hasn't played the last two months, a month. Coach, put me in. He's hurt, dives into the wall, makes a great catch. Everything for your team. We've got to love it. Um, lo- love having so that. Good. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's that's obviously the strength of the team. And I think it's the whole playoffs. You said it before about the wild card game, but I think for the Yankees and no one else in the playoffs, I think about even the Cubs maybe have this, maybe the Dodgers, but not really. But you can't, every night the Yankees, you could say, hey, get us five to six innings and we could win this ball game. You talked about, this is totally random, but I won't go off tangent, but you talked about depth in football. I mean, talk about, I mean, kudos, I mean, we always give praise and stuff to Brian Cashman when he does this or to, you know, what are you doing starting uh, Gary Sanchez next week or in, in, in the one-game playoff? But how about getting Echeverria? Who knew Didi was going to get hurt? Obviously, right. you don't know your shortstop's going to get hurt. guy you have the backup, so. But that dude is just a filthy shortstop. I mean, yeah. obviously he had error tonight. Which he is could un- be un- starting un- somewhere. He's at 100%. I think he started for the Phillies last year or, or wherever he was. Miami. Was Miami? Oh, there you go. I knew, I knew it was a, a NL team. 100%. NL East team. But, I mean, that's going to be, I think, a little under the radar move because, I mean, dude hurt his wrist sliding into uh, home, home the other game. If you want to win a world championship, people that you didn't expect at the beginning of the year have to step up. The rookies for the New York Yankees, those are those people. If you want to win a world championship, you have to be good at defense. It doesn't matter what sport you're playing. Basketball, got to be good at defense. Football, got to be good at defense. Hockey, got to be good at defense. Got to have a good goalie. And in baseball, you got to be able to field the baseball. So at the end of the day, the New York Yankees have to be good defensively. More so than anything else. And that's where Gary Sanchez is spotlighted. Yeah, like I said. If it costs them a game, it costs them the one-game champion opportunity, or if you see it against the Red Sox in a five-game series, you know Boston will be Are chomping they legit? at the bit. I know, I know they have like 106 wins, 107 wins. I know that they're... All the pressure they, is they've on them, Andrew. All the pressure. If but you that, that's the thing. You, if you don't win the World Series, it's a waste of a season. What does that 106 do for you? Nothing. I, I agree Ask the 90, 99 Mariners? No, what, what year was it? 90 with Mariners? With each row, like 2000. Whatever. Whatever they won 116 games. Yeah. absurd. And they got bounced in the first, first round. round. Yeah. No thanks. Listen, Boston, that's that's key, Andrew. You're right. It's a talented team. Oh, stupid. They're stacked. Mookie Betts, I, Martinez, I don't, I Devers. Trust, I trust one person in that pen, and that's it. Oh, yeah. They have nobody to Kimbrel. That's the. I trust if Kim, you can I get trust past, Craig Kimbrel, and that's it. I don't trust David Price. Nope. I don't trust anybody besides Chris Sale and Craig Kimbrel. That's it. So you're right. I think that's the that's the. I mean, Porcello is good, hole. and Porcello's been proving pitching, he could be good. He pitches every other year. It's true, and this is a year he's, he's on. Pitching, you're right. So that's good for yeah. them. If David Price shows up Yankees are gonna and two or three of their bullpen guys oh, are consistent for, for them, they're good. But that's what scares me. I would me. love to see David Price. I'm a Yankee fan. Oh, my God. Chomping at the bit. But watch. Let's get past Oakland first, Anthony. Stop touching the money. See? Boomer yeah. Sison. One pitch, one inning, one game. One podcast episode at a time. Listen, this has been the Dab Podcast episode 37. Sponsored by Dig Me Nation. Head over to digmenation.com. Use the promo code digthedab18. And VM Sports. Head over to vm-sports.com and use the promo code DABPODCAST for the dinner with legends on December 2nd. Buy your tickets. It's filling up fast, folks. Get there. You don't want to miss it. It is filling up fast. You need to hit us on the Twitter and on the Instagram. Social media. Blitz. Dab podcast on both. Head to the iTunes, the Google Podcast, and the Spotify. Rate us. You need to rate us. You need to subscribe. And you need to head over to dabpodcast.com and buy some of that awesome Dab Podcast. Holidays, panel. folks. Holidays. I am Andrew Romanella. This man is my partner. He's Anthony Rinaldi. Tell your friends. Tell your friends.
listen to us, subscribe. Like Andrew told you, people, we love talking sports. We want to talk more sports. I know you want to hear us talk more sports. I'm going to go home and watch more sports. I'm getting out of here. Take us home, Andrew. This has been the Dab Podcast. We are at the Dig Me Studios, and we are out. Dream, though it's harder to live.